action. All right. Thank you for... Uh, uh, welcome to Pardon Your Spartans. I'm your host, Masi Madze. I'm into entrepreneurship and self-development. And I like uh, some of the topics, um, some of the areas that I excel at is sleep, diet, and exercise. Uh, I'm here with my um, my two honored guests. Julie, you go first. <laughs> this is Julie. My cat has a crossed eye like me. And uh, uh, there's been a lot of fires where I live lately. So that's been exciting, I guess, or <laughs> it's scary. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to have to dive into that because I'm curious to hear about those. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. I'm Tom. I'm a middle-aged guy, parent of three kids, a love of my life, and I'm all about finding what makes you happy and, and working towards your goals and, and personal health and development. Awesome. Awesome. So our first topic is how lucky we are to live in the 21st century. Tom, do you have anything uh, major to talk about that? Well, when you, you kind of mentioned that topic, I really was trying to think about it. I'm like, is there any generation previous that didn't really benefit from the next century of lifestyle? And honestly, at this point, I still think it, it carries through that technology, civilization, people progress, and I think it is ultimately better living in the 21st century than anything prior and there's endless advancements that have helped us and uh, people live longer, people live happier lives, oddly people don't have less stress which is uh, one of the cons that I, I gotta say in the modern modern era but uh, yeah overall definitely uh, the way it goes forward right on right on Julie do you think do you have anything to say about that? I have to think about it, but I do think it, you know, as progress goes on and I still feel like we have a lot of progress to get made. So I guess my thing would be just like hoping it continues and, um, you know, we learn and grow from here. Right on, right on. Some of the things I am grateful for is like um, the medical system. Uh, I know if I was born in any other century I would probably be dead by now but um, luckily all the advancements in medicine and the medical care uh, saved my life a bunch of times so we'll dive deep into that a little bit later um, another so I'm just curious uh, not, to, not to throw you off there but you said you probably would have been dead had you lived in another era why is that? Because I got help from uh, my family, but not just my family. I got help from when I went manic a bunch of times. I got help from strangers and the medical field. They knew exactly what to do, and they um, they got me the right treatment. And I recovered, and I'm back to my normal self. But in the other uh, eras, people would probably just be like, he's crazy, Let, leave him alone, don't do anything. So Yeah, it was so much abuse in the past of psych patients, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, recently, definitely, you know, abuse, and historically, they would have been ostracized if you had a, a learning disability or, you know, even physical disabilities, you were looked at as defective and 
more or less rejected in a lot of cultures and societies. That's yeah. for darn sure. One of the other. Yeah, I definitely. No, you got it, Tom. No, I was just going to say, so I mean, hands down, yeah. I mean, as a society of people, I think we've learned to understand other people a lot more than in civilizations past. Yes, I still want to say there is still abuse of psych patients and stigma and everything, although it's improved, it still needs to, like, go further. I agree. 110% there. Now, I'm just curious, when you say abuse, are you thinking in certain scenarios, in clinics, and... In in hospitals, in hospitals and other places, like, you know, hospitals have gotten shut down for that, and um, even, like, going to the doctor, like, as someone with mental health issues, like, if sometimes they take you less seriously if you have a physical issue, even though people with mental illness are more likely than other people to have physical issues. So, like, you deal with things like that also. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely agree. Um, You know, I always like to think, you know, people generally are good, and I always wonder, too, you know, obviously decades and centuries passed, and, and people that were in mental hospitals and things like that, you know, were mistreated but even more so today, I wonder, is it because they're overwhelmed because they don't know how to deal with people because some people with mental disorders can be violent and can be very aggressive and these people are working on edge and they don't know how to react to every person and they're understaffed. And, and you know, I think that's always a huge part of it. And I think more money, time and dedication is needed to, to help people with needs like that. I, I mean that would change it. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I feel like there are things like compassion fatigue, but some people also just get off on it, like abusing their power, or they're not trained, or like, um, you know, they chemically restrain you where they don't want to deal with it. So, like, there are. It's not always just. Um, feeling overwhelmed or understaffed I still feel like you know that's true yeah and I don't want to come off as I think that is the majority I'd even say it's it's relatively closer to 50-50 and you know you mentioned abuse of power control and sadly I think that comes at any any job at any level of working with others or you know even if that's not your intention, it, it can become that way. And yeah, the human mind and what we do and how we want to manage and control stuff around us can come out in ways that we don't even expect ourselves to. But yeah, I definitely agree. There are concerns on, on the, the human side, not just energy and resource side, too. Another thing, mental health can be like really difficult to. Um to deal with because I was watching a, a video of a cop, a couple cops that were that was dealing with a uh, schizophrenic patient, and he was at his house and he was hearing voices and everything, and the cop was doing everything right, but the um, the schizophrenic patient wasn't 
uh, cooperating. And then when the cop got close, the schizophrenic patient um, sta- uh, s- stabbed him with a knife. So it was like, they're really, it's really difficult to treat um, mental illnesses, I think so. But luckily in my case, it was it, they worked it out just fine. That's good. Now, did you ever get violent? Mossy, and you don't have to share as much as you want to, but no. Um, what happened was like with my family, I would be like uh, more hostile, but as soon as the uh, medical medical people will come to my house and they're like, get on the what is it? What is that? You lay on it and then they tie you up. What is it called? Dresser or what do you mean? Like, a, like a, a, gurney? a gurney? I think it's a gurney. Yeah, oh. they're like. Get on the gurney. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be violent with anybody. I wouldn't be violent with my family either. But I would be more hostile towards my family than like the medical expertise or something. Okay. Do you think you would get violent if there wasn't intervention? Yeah, I mean, there, there were times where I would like get in like um, altercations with my brothers because they didn't know how to deal with me. So definitely, yeah. I, if, if it wasn't treated, I would have gotten more violent. Than, but most of the time, I wasn't violent. I was like just um, um, hard to handle. Like I would be punching walls or like I would be um, blasting my music out loud and stuff like that. So. Okay. Gotcha. What about you, Julie? Do you do you mind if I ask? Uh, I mean. No. Well, not. <clears throat> I was abused in a hospital as a teenager, so I have a yeah. lot of issues with hospitals, and you know, I'm very sensitive to all of those things. But because of that, when I I was probably like. 17 or 18 and uh, I was angry but not violent. My mom called the police and she admitted later it was a mistake um, but because okay. of what happened to me when the police came they I just started walking up the stairs because I was like I'm not going to the hospital and they all started grabbing me so I bit one of them it was fight or flight Okay. <laughs> no, it, and honestly, I think that's fair, though, because that's like a really good point is that even your mom said afterwards, it probably didn't need to be intervened. And that actually ends up heightening the situation and your and, defense oh, reflexes kicked so in. So many cops are not trained for um, mental health issues. They just aren't. And they can really easily escalate things like that's the other problem because it it makes a big difference when the cop has been trained and then there are situations like Daniel Prude where to me of course he never should have died but he did die so and you know that that's 100% true that there is a lack of training and, and even just understanding a lot of times you know I won't say most cops, but you know, I'd say a fair percentage of them have trouble dealing with people when they're in a, a level, normal state of mind, and and not in an elevated mood or, or attitude. And to have one of those cops that struggles with a, a routine situation, 
having to deal with someone going through, you know, an episode or and just just having one of the worst days of their life, whatever the case may be, they need a better understanding of that. Yeah. Right? Like, even giving someone space and just talking with them easily can change. And sometimes they just don't have the patience. Sometimes they they misperceive the situation and think there's a danger. So they become more hands-on or assertive. Um, but yeah, absolutely. More training is definitely needed on that side. I agree. So, so some of the other stuff that I want to get back to the 21st century uh, topic, <laughs> some of the other stuff that I'm grateful for is like um, be living in the 21st century is travel. People in the 1800s, they would have to take like boats and stuff. And um, they sometimes would take them like 25 to 30 days to get from here to London. And whereas now it's like a day or two. So it's really awesome. Shoot, you can make that in a, what, eight, ten-hour flight? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Everybody it, it used really to... Is. Yeah, everybody used to take railroads most of the time back then, or horseback, or, yeah, boats. So, uh, now we have cars, which is awesome. We had cars I, back then. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. In the future, if invisibility is an option, would you travel that way so you didn't have to pay for airfare or train or bus? What do you mean? <laughs> if invisibility was an option, like you could get on a plane and no one would know. <laughs> that's, that's... You're positing a moral question. Do you steal <laughs> airfare? Do you steal a ticket somewhere and catch a ride? Yeah, I... I... Depends where I'm going. If uh, there was an emergency and I had to get somewhere quick and I could sneak on a flight, sure. If it was a plane vacation, <laughs> the right thing. Yeah, I could run with that. I, I wouldn't have a guilty conscience. <laughs> Mozzie. If invisibility is an option, why isn't flight an option? Why can't I just fly myself? Well, do you know how to fly? <laughs> I don't know how to turn invisible, but if I can turn invisible, then I must, I, I will try to figure out how to fly. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, sometimes, like, uh, my answer is the same as Tom. If it was an emergency, then I would definitely do it. But if I can afford it, I'll pay for the flight. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry for derailing. <laughs> no, it's not derailing. It works. It works. Look, I like that tangent. My only concern, honestly, would then being if everybody could go invisible, I'd be scared to get on that plane because there may be, you know, 200 people stowed away sitting there silently and then causing an issue with the weight on the plane, our ability to get there. So I, I'd actually be more skeptical about traveling. Right? You got an invisible pilot if he's even there or not. So that's, that's another yeah. thing. <laughs> oh man but no it's a, a cool point that uh you know travel is one of the the probably greatest advancements the ability to to move stuff from one place to the other i mean 99 of the stuff in our house and that we use isn't grown or sourced locally like everything we have in civilized society really comes from places a long distance away and that's why stuff has become cheaper and people can live better lives because of that primarily um, yeah transportation is huge if you ever wanted to go across the country you know the u.s is a big place that would take you what 60 days i'd, I'd say give or take you know 
that's a pretty excessive trip and you can you can fly it in 10 hours 12 hours you drive across it in in two days three days yeah that's it is pretty amazing you said tom in 60 days you can travel the whole world no just to get across the u.s <laughs> okay 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 i thought um do you know how I, I saw the movie around the world in 80 days is that uh, an actual thing can you do that uh, go everywhere in 80 days or that's just science fiction honestly that one's outside of me okay i'm hoping, <laughs> hoping julie can answer that one because i, no, I, I, I have wouldn't no know. idea <laughs> okay okay another tangent another tangent um <laughs> One other thing I think uh, I'm grateful for is the advancement in technology. Um, we have many computers in our pockets every day, so if you ever need an answer to something, you just pull it out and and ask it, which is awesome. That's how I did my research for. I try to do my research for this podcast, this episode, but I didn't find that it much. Shows. <laughs> oh man! Be a, a podcast about it. No worries, no worries. Yeah, technology is a great thing. Um, definitely can't complain about that. Um, I think technology makes people ambivalent, though. Like people don't want to learn like they used to. People don't want to converse like they used to. That that really is my biggest concern. Is misuse of things right misuse of technology misuse of resources and i mean i think that's the biggest problem with our generation i think we're all roughly in the same generation or at least maybe i'm assuming um <laughs> but having a purpose you know i mean 30 40 50 years ago 100 years ago it was pretty easy to find a purpose it was survive maintain take care of your family and do what you can now everybody is I hate to say it, you know, over entitled thinks they're going to find the perfect job, wants everything to be perfect. And when it doesn't, they don't know how to handle it anymore. And uh, that scares me about the younger generation, scares me about my kids and and how they're going to grow up and grow into things or grow out of things. And yeah, I think that's the biggest problem with our, our current generation. So, um, since uh, technology, do you think technology created more problems than it solved? It always creates problems initially, but in the long term, it, it, it solves them and creates a betterment. Right. I think like kind of like social media, how it, they started social media and everybody became more antisocial. <laughs> 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 Yeah, but I mean, you know, has it done positive things? Has it helped people connect with people all over the world and stay in contact with them and, and help with, you know, networking abilities? I mean, originally it was created, I think, just for like college students or, you know, people in a university or something. And the whole point was you could build a network out and stay in touch with people. And I mean, it definitely does serve a lot more purpose, I think, than it hurts. But again, that's when it's misused either by the individuals or by the companies and creators of them that sell and share personal data that people don't even realize about and do really sketchy stuff in the background and have special marketing going to people that they don't even realize is happening to them. Um, yeah, I mean, anything misused is uh, is problematic. Right, that brings me to the topic Julie wanted to talk about. Um, 
uh, Snapchat AI? Yes, because I I really want to experience it, and it's I obsessively check because I'm addicted to my phone. I obsessively check to see if it's popped up yet, and it hasn't. So. Neither of you have had it yet. I have it. I didn't accept it though. I I oh. went <laughs> I went into it and then I didn't accept it. I said cancel instead. So I don't know. Does it go away when you cancel it? No, it still stays there. It it still stays there. So like uh, the U2 album on every iPhone that haunts you. The YouTube album? Oh yeah, the YouTube. The f- the free U2 album like is on a virus like I can't explain it but it never goes away what is it it's a YouTube YouTube or U2 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 oh I don't know I don't think I have that on my iPhone (laughs) Where, where is it it's in the music and I can't even remember iTunes okay it's just an album? Yeah, every new phone I get, it's there. I try to get it off my phone. It, it just comes back no matter what because they did a deal with Apple where they release albums. So it's like a virus that never goes away, kind of. And I don't want it on my phone. But it's still there. Isn't it, um, isn't it attached to your Apple ID? It might be. I'm not sure. I think it's just whatever Apple device you have. It's there. Oh, okay. Um, so let me ask. You want it off there? Yes. Does it really bother you? Yes. It's just it's principle, <laughs> and because sometimes, I mean, I did whatever steps in the past to get it off. It just always comes back. Um, part of it is like if I have shuffle or random on iTunes and I'm driving it's just like the YouTube songs start and it's really frustrating I didn't think about that yeah that would actually annoy me other than you know (laughs) sitting on my phone I'd be okay with it but yeah stay off my playlists (laughs) so I looked up uh, Snapchat AI and it said um Snapchat recently launched an artificial intelligence chatbot that tries to act like a friend. It built in some guardrails to make it safer for teens than other AI bots uh, on the tech. Anyways, and it says, but in my test conversations with chat, Snapchat's AI can still turn wildly (laughs) inappropriate. After I told my AI I was 15 and wanted to have an epic birthday party it gave me it gave me advice on how to mask the smell of alcohol and pot <laughs> when, when I told it <laughs> yeah so so it's it's a little shady it's a little shady it tries yeah. <laughs> oh man um there is a post in one of the Facebook groups I'm in it's basically mostly memes but someone posted a screenshot of their AI and they wrote that they had called the suicide hotline and it and they were on hold for so long they hung up. And so they asked the chat bot what should they do and the chat bot said call the hotline, like the number they had just called. So like, it, I don't know, I think they still need to work out <laughs> more, you know, 
things. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like anything, it's in its infancy in, in a lot of ways. And I mean, like anything that comes out, you're going to have issues, bugs, you're going to need to build new safeguards. There's going to be stuff you you couldn't really think about every possible use. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm sure they didn't have a group at a round table going, all right, what are 15-year-olds going to ask this that we got a safeguard against? Yeah. We protected, so. Yeah, I mean, sometimes stuff has to play out through its life cycle. And that, you know, you can actually inhibit technology growth sometimes because you try to build the safeguards ahead of time versus obviously something like that's a massive scale and influence the world itself. But you let stuff work its own bugs out or let, problems identify themselves and then you address them as they come versus putting a halt on it or more or less crippling it from its full capacity because you try to put in so many boundaries and, and you know fail safes for it yeah that so i think it'll just work its way out that makes sense that makes sense uh, we were talking about the the dangers of ai and and a couple of pot episodes ago and Elon mm-hmm. Musk Elon Musk always uh, warns people to like um, take artificial uh, artificial intelligence seriously because it he said it's uh, AI can be more da- dangerous than nuclear warhead so that's something like Megan the movie oh I didn't see it what was that about <laughs> what was that about you haven't you haven't seen the previews for it no I think I see it's on Netflix right is it on Netflix it's I think Peacock it's on and it's she's like a doll an AI doll or robot and she's kind of like Chucky in a way so she goes around causing damage oh man so sounds pretty good (laughs) what does she do what does she do some of the stuff that do you I can't remember everything but I can give you a gentle Kind of broad spoiler. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. She murders. <laughs> she murders. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. AI murdering people. That's that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um. Well, let's ask a philosophical question. If AI caused a thousand people to die every year, would it more or less save? 300,000 every year. Would you be good with it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, Tom. That's that's a very insane question. I think... Um, I think... <laughs> I think... I, uh, could, no we, <laughs> could we save those 300,000 people ourselves or no? You'll never know. All <laughs> What you can do is look at the data and say it costs a thousand people their lives this year, either directly or indirectly, but, you know, closely tied in, and benefits of it ended up saving, we'll just see, easy number, you know, 100,000 people. So about a point, what is that, a point one percent negative to positive ratio? Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, we would, if it's still killing people, we should get rid of it, I think, and try to rebuild it or something so it's doing better. What if the new version doesn't do better? <laughs> oh, man, then we're, we're back to the drawing table. 
<laughs> what, if, what if your new version causes 900 people to lose their lives instead of a thousand, but it only saves 200,000? Or we change the number. What if it only saves 50,000 people now? But. Then we don't rely on AI anymore. We have to we have to change our tactics. What if they look like Teddy Ruxpin? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Who's that? You don't know who Teddy Ruxpin is? No, I'm gonna look it up. I know Teddy Ruxpin. Can you explain Teddy Ruxpin to him? He's an adorable teddy bear that plays cassettes to make it seem like he's talking to you and has a very creepy mouth that just opens and closes in the most droning way that's eerie and uncomfortable coming out of an adorable teddy bear. What the fuck? Okay, okay. <laughs> Who, was that a fair description, Julie? I, I don't yeah, want to make sure I didn't put Yeah, that's amazing description. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, smaller than the in the past. I grew up with that in the late '80s, early '90s, and that's how we learned by creepy teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> it taught you things. It actually taught you things. Sure, would read books that would, you know, cover different ideas or topics. And, but I mean, it's all just recorded message. It's not like AI by any means. So. <laughs> but I guess they, it had to start somewhere. They they need an AI Teddy Rock spin. <laughs> then everybody would be comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably would. Oh, man. What if, uh, are you saying, Julie, what if the victims of the people that died look like Teddy Ruxpin or the, the people that are saved look like Teddy Ruxpin? No, I'm just saying the AI should be oh. Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, okay, but, okay. <laughs> I mean, he might be kind of menacing if he's killing so many people. And saving them. You can't forget that part. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. That's a difficult question. You know, I, I honestly, I asked that question though. Like, I didn't really expect you guys to be able to give an answer, but like, that's always the hard one because that you always want to do good with something, right? You know, a product, something you're releasing, something you're giving to help people. But there's always negatives, right? I mean, not to put another super critical one out there, but say like cancer treatments, right? Something that's super experimental. They're they're literally, you know, new things tried every day. Sometimes it hurts people, right? Sometimes it gives them a less of a survival chance or decreases the longevity of the time they would have. Um, is it justified? Or is it always up to that individual if they're going to use it or try to, to take a benefit from it? Is it on society or AI's ownership or that you know drug manufacturer's ownership? Or is it on the individual to make that decision? Am I okay with those odds? Hey. I hope with cancer treatment, it's on the individual to decide, you know. What about AI, though? What if I don't know. That's a good point. (laughs) Maybe the user may decide as well. Yeah, that's kind of my stance, right? That, you know, it may cause issues for some, but if it's... I don't want to say for the greater good. It's up to that individual to decide if the risk is worth the the reward, to put it. But yeah, I, I think people need to smarten themselves up and uh, figure out for themselves, not be told what they need to. 
what if okay with the AI thing when it takes people out does this include animals because then I give it a no <laughs> wow Julie wow you drew all the I line was of, I, I was thinking of my cats and if Teddy Ruxpin could hurt my cat he's going in the trash <laughs> but you're okay so with I people just, dying you'd rather yeah, <laughs> I can't have my cats die oh my god okay <laughs> Um, I would say if it's doing any harm, we should get rid of it and try to rest restart over or something. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I think we may have run this this one out this tangent. Um, anything else on the 21st century? You got thoughts on? Um, uh, diversification. I, I like that a lot. There's more diverse places in the world. Like it's not just um, everywhere is not in like a niche, one one culture, one race type of thing. Everybody's mixed and every. Um, I mean, America has been doing that for a long time, but um, I think we're seeing seeing it more in every in all the European countries and everything too now. So I like that. What makes it better? You get more different types of ideas and different types of cultures that unite and make a make it like um, a more um, open space, and uh, everybody's getting along. And so, I like that about it. Okay, so you're more for just reduced prejudices and open-mindedness not necessarily cultural diversification yeah yeah uh, everybody's um not i mean everybody can still have their cultures but like open-mindedness and like um uh, acceptance of others instead of um discrimination of others so yeah yeah and i only asked that or kind of clarified it because I'm not like for every culture, me, you know, being completely independent of one another. But you ever go somewhere and you're, you know, you want to be fully emerged in another culture, like another lifestyle, another way of life. Like I think sometimes blending too many together, then you get this just uninteresting or mismatch of cultures, and then nobody really sticks to traditions or you know cultural ties to things and. You kind of get whitewashed into stuff and just I don't know I like cultures I, I like them being maintained and people caring about their heritage and you know their traditions that, that have been passed on for generations I feel like that's going away in today's society is that too out there no thoughts on that <laughs> no 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 my bad I was muted I was muted so yeah no I completely uh, and um, agree with that like um the, uh, the what what do you call it? What'd you say? Um, when you're the preserving of cultures, I like that idea too. Cause, um, recently uh, there was it was Eid Eid, um, for my for my culture, my not my religion. I don't I don't have a religion, but my family. It's about the religion, but it's most mostly traditional and culture. I was wearing the, I was wearing the um. The clothing of my culture and I went to bars with it and everybody was like staring at me which was really funny I was like what the fuck um, it was uh, so I'm still like preserving my culture but I'm uh, I'm 
Uh, I'm, uh, uh, what is that word? I can't keep, I can't think of words. I'm, I'm participating in other people's cultures too at the same time. So. I like that. I like that a lot. And like, that's what I worried is going to be lost, you know, because they got some odd looks or, you know, it was just not even super uncomfortable, just awkward having to explain it to everyone. But like, I want people to be able to express their culture and I'd rather have people just open-minded versus full intermixing of everyone's different cultures. I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but Doing I have a lot. no problem with it. I just appreciate people appreciating their heritage, their culture, their traditions. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What, what are some of your um, traditions or uh, cultural aspects that you'll enjoy? Um, Tom, I don't have any, and that's, that's <laughs> why I think I feel that way. <laughs> it's become so generic to you know just your basic. I don't even want to say Christian holidays anymore because you know they're they're pretty ingrained in American. But yeah, your your basic holidays, um, Fourth of July, Christmas, right? Thanksgiving. I mean, those are pretty much it. I don't have. At least I don't see having a lot of culture or heritage, pride, anything like that. Huh? What's your ethnicity, if you don't mind me asking? Like, your um, do you know uh, what uh, uh, what percentage? Yep. Um, what are you? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of a mutt. I'm 25% Italian, 25% Czech, 25%. English and 12.5% Scottish, 12.5% German. Nice, nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, all I, European. All European, yeah. I want to I wanna visit England one of these, one in my lifetime, one, at least once. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Julie, what's your ethnicity? Um, I'm, it was years before I knew this because I'm adopted, mm-hmm. but it's Irish, Sicilian, Norwegian, and I have a tiny percent Egyptian in me also. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. 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 What Exotic. The... Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> since, we, since you brought up holidays, what are your favorite holidays? Which one, which holiday is your favorite, Tom? Mine, I, I like the 4th of July. I mean, I like fireworks and blowing stuff up, and it's nice time of the year, cookouts, you know, okay. socializing. I mean, yeah, just nice. appreciating your country. I feel like most people don't even celebrate the 4th of July for what it is, right? You know, that's the sad part, right? You know, most people don't even know what their traditions or holidays are, are celebrated for, you know. I bet you if you ask half the people under the age of 25 what Thanksgiving is celebrated for, they probably couldn't really tell you. <laughs> I, let me guess. Let me try to guess. Is it when you when you shared food with the pilgrims and you broke bread together? Yep. Indians and pilgrims. Nice. Okay. That's what's up. I don't, I don't think they like being called Indians, Native Americans. I'd have to get fact-checked on that because I, I don't know, but I don't think they ever actually had a problem being called Indians. Really? That's what I heard. I thought they didn't like being called Indians. Um, Julie, what's your favorite holiday? 
Halloween. Halloween. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why do you like Halloween? The costumes, the candy, horror, you know. Oh man. I, I, I don't like scary movies. I'm going to try to start <laughs> watching scary movies, but I, I, jump scares get me, so I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know any any good uh, um, horror movie that I should watch? I should start on? Um, I have to think about it, but since we discussed Megan, I think that's a good one. There's, it's more comedy than horror to me. Okay. So it might be a good place to start. Peacock, right? Yes. Okay, awesome. What's your favorite holiday? I think it's Christmas. <laughs> and I'm not even religious. I'm not even religious. I just like the, the nostalgia factor of it because when I was a little kid, I saw uh, Harry Potter. Um, I saw the commercial of Harry Potter and Hagrid was dragging a Christmas tree across the yard. So that stuck with me. So yeah, I like yeah. Christmas a lot. I hate to be a bandwagon person, but I, I, didn't, I didn't really consider Halloween... A holiday, but no, it's probably more of a holiday than any other holiday. It's celebrated for an entire month. People putting up decorations, prepping for <laughs> parties. Yeah, I mean, Halloween all the way. I'm with you there. Nice, nice. All right, so let's move on to our next topic, and uh, this is uh, the benefits or the drawbacks of smoking pot. Tom, what do you think? Is it better? Is it good for you, or is it is it um, more uh, bad for you? Because when I was looking it up, there was a lot of bad. More bad, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I don't know. You start us off, Masi. What do you What are your thoughts? It was your topic, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Well, for me, if if I smoke uh, a little bit, like one or two hits, I'm in a good headspace. I can focus on things more. I can um, enjoy watching TV more or going for walks more or even jogging more. But when I smoke a little bit more than maybe uh, three hits or something, I I tend to uh, ruminate in my thoughts. I I get scared of things easier. I um, I second guess myself. I um, I just get in this negative headspace and I criticize things more so it's like that's for me what about you Tom do you did is it similar for you or is it um, different yeah I mean it's funny I think most people have kind of realized tend to shift this way but I used to be a fucking pothead yeah every day I'd smoke blunts you know several times a day I can't say I was always you know the highest level functioning but I mean I was always taking care of what I needed to, but as I've gotten older, uh, the more I smoke, like, past a couple hits, like, I get horribly anxious. Like, I feel like there's something I I should have been doing. I I feel like I need to... I can't relax like I used to, and I never had that issue before, but then again, when you're a kid, you know, you don't have a whole bunch of responsibilities. You don't have to necessarily think 20 steps ahead on everything and your your long-term planning, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think in moderation, it's it's all right. I don't think kids should smoke. I think anything earlier than 16 is a detriment. It definitely does debilitate learning and memory and function coordination on stuff. Like I think that's really 20s. You know, if you had to get a hard number, I think 20s. Anything after that, smoke up. Take care of what you need to. 
enjoy yourself. It's no different than someone having a beer and drinking at the end of the day. Smoke a little bit, relax. Worst thing that happens is you get some munchies and you you watch an extra two or three episodes of a show you, you didn't plan to watch. Right on, right on. That makes sense. Um, Julie, what do you think about smoking pot? I think for a lot of people or most people, it's fine or can be helpful. But like for certain people or for me, like I'm predisposed to schizophrenia and I've had psychosis. So it just like does not mix. I haven't smoked in like over 20 years because I just it would make me feel so paranoid and terrible. So I just think it all comes down to the individual and how they respond to it and if it helps them or not. And yeah. All right. So me and Julie are going to spark up after this. <laughs> no, I haven't smoked in 20 years. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the psych hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. Well, I think the right word, though, Julie. You said. It, it can be helpful and really that's the way I think it should be used it should be used yeah. as a way to decompress you know relieve some stress yeah and collect your thoughts right there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and I think what you said also is what most people lack is that foresight that you knew it wasn't good for you right so yeah that's you learn I, from I, yeah I stay away from it but I think you know so many other people it can help so it just it really that it was like individual yeah and I think people knowing and understanding themselves is more important because they may feel better momentarily I mean like with any drug right you know yeah. you feel it, it makes you feel good but there could be long term effects they could cause other issues it, it, you know anything in moderation and obviously you know how it reacts to your individual self um can be beneficial. I'm, I'm open to most drugs. I think there are therapeutic effects to most drugs. Um, one in particular is shrooms or, or acid. Uh, it seems pretty out there and most people are actually opposed to it, but I think it's actually one of the most, what's the word, freeing time that I'll ever experience. It's one of the only times I can completely clear my head of any thoughts, any stresses, any paranoia or anxiety, and take really clear thoughts on what I want to. Um, and I like to do it like once a year because it, it is like a mental reset. And when done for the right reasons with therapeutic effects, I think it's great. I think you can also take way too much of it and trip your balls off and either use it as a party drug or have negative effects from it and have a bad trip but when it's used right i think most drugs actually serve a really important purpose just people need to understand how they how they interact with them and have some self self-control for it thoughts right so um i'm gonna come back to shrooms and uh, acid in a sec but when i looked up uh if uh, marijuana is healthy or not healthy uh it says the bottom line smoking marijuana clearly damages the human lung and regular use leads to chronic bronchitis and can cause immune compromise 
person to be more susceptible to lung infections. And then one more was, uh, does marijuana do more harm than good? It says that the data also clearly suggests that repeated exposure to cannabis, prolonged and great, greater in frequency of use, puts one puts people at much greater risk of other substance use, others other substance use and mental health disorders such as psychosis and cognitive impairment and it's happening more frequently so what are your thoughts on that Tom um yeah I mean all the words you preface every statement with is prolonged use extended use you know heavy usage when it's used improperly anything's bad is drinking a beer a day or a couple drinks a week detrimental and going to kill you? No, but drinking every single day, several drinks a day for years on years, it's going to destroy your body. It's going to kill your liver. It's going to decrease your, you know, your ambition and your, your function on things, your ability to, to handle stuff and deal with stresses in, you know, the daytime when you're not drinking. So, yeah, you misuse it. You overuse it. Lack self-control. Sure. It's going to be drawbacks. Right, I agree, I agree. That makes sense. For me, I, I don't smoke that often. I smoke like once a day, and I smoke like one or two hits, and that that does me all right. It it, it, um, it helps me with a lot of things, like um, focusing and stuff like that, but um, I don't want to... I accidentally... When I accidentally smoke too much, it, it's like... it's really detrimental it's like it, uh, I feel like impending doom so I gotta watch out for that it's like uh, it's like uh, this what Julie said psychosis I kind of feel like I'm in psychosis so I gotta watch out for that so the thing is I actually think there's a deeper meaning when we have these anxieties from it if I smoke and I didn't do the shit I needed to do today right I got something that's coming up I needed to get done and then I smoked I have anxiety and I think it's because my subconscious is kicking in and going, you shouldn't be comfortable. You should be you should be taking care of what you needed to. And on the days where I've taken care of everything, I have nothing to worry about. I can smoke twice as much, which again, probably is about four hits, five hits at that point. <laughs> okay. And I have no concerns and I, I have no stress or anxiety. Hmm. So, For me, it's nothing to do with anxiety of like other stuff. <laughs> what does it have to do with Julie? I think it's just like for what I actually I did like 23andMe and you can upload your results. I think it's called Promotis or something. And it goes by your DNA and it tells you like, you know, possible health problems or medicine you may have a bad reaction to. And for whatever reason, on that thing, um, it showed up as bad reaction to weed in my DNA. <laughs> so even that test was accurate where it just does not like, it just does not make me feel good. Like, like it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, my psychiatrist said that some people are born with, uh, with, uh, not enough, uh, what is it, uh, what is that called? Receptors. Receptors. Or... Yeah, receptors to break down the THC, so it, it just stays there. Is that accurate? I've never heard that. That's kind of interesting. If anything, I'd be inclined to feel like, again, with no data or research to co-op with, but maybe they have a high tolerance then because they have less receptors, so 
they don't get as high. Okay, okay. I don't know. All right. So to to go back to shrooms and uh, LSD, I used to love it. Uh, it used to like, um, well, LSD more than shrooms. Shrooms never really worked out the way I wanted it to, but LSD always um, reset me and made me think of what I needed to go after and get shit done more. Um, whenever I was, I would do it. I would trip, and then the next day after the trip, I would feel like clear-headed and everything. It was really uh, amazing. So. I definitely agree with that. Like, um, did oh, you act on it afterwards, though? Yes. Did you take that, yes, that clarity I, you got and and drive forward with it? Yes, I did. I did, and it uh, it helped. It it uh, made my my life and my family's life a lot better. So it didn't just impact me. I was more I was spending more time with family. I was like doing more things with friends and everything like that. I wasn't just uh, isolating myself most of the time, and. Um, uh, some projects I was working on so it definitely made me it, it, it didn't just motivate me it gave me direction so like when um, when you have like writer's block or something like that it's perfect for that I think it's perfect for stuff like that yeah for sure definitely can help you find your, your inner muse and your inspiration and help clear your thought process um, I mean there, there's tons of therapeutic uses for things like psilocybin or like shrooms and you can do microdosing for people that have nerve disorders or muscle disorders you know they have tremors and they actually microdose and it actually puts their body at ease and they can actually function and, and live closer to normal lives because of something that nobody thinks has a medical benefit of but you know very small doses of shrooms over a period of time can do wonders for people that have issues but again just like anything like you know julie was saying with with her ancestry or 23 and me there's there's physical reactions though it doesn't treat or react the same way in everybody and people need to take that into consideration tenfold you can't just go i'm gonna go do this and we'll see what happens right you got to have somewhat of a scientific thought process or understanding of what you're doing to yourself and most people don't have that. That's the problem with drugs. Julie, you were, Julie, you were going to oh, say something. Sorry. Are you? You told me a story about having a bad reaction to something, and I didn't know if it was shrooms. Uh, yeah, I think I, I had bad. I well, like, like Tom was saying, it's not gonna. Uh, yeah. Rea- it's not gonna react or work the same for everybody. People yeah. with people with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia and all that stuff should, I think, steer clear or at least do a ton of research before they do it and have a sitter at the same time. For me, um, when I when I did it back in um, 2015, I think I was I had I, I didn't. I did it before so I thought I was good I had everything set up I had my TV with once upon a time ready I had my uh, I had my laptop with like video games ready and then I had my headphones with music ready and I was uh, and I started tripping within an hour of tripping I started I started feeling really uncomfortable so I go try to go to my mom's room and this skeletal lady's crawling towards me and then um, I was fully clothed when I started but then I ended up I ended up outside in in the in the streets in my in front of my house uh in my boxers yelling at the cars no 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 bro don't shoot me bro don't shoot me bro so it's like because i thought one of my cousins was shooting me with an ak so it was like really bad it was really bad 
<laughs> and then the ambulance came and they like put me on the gurney and they took me to the hospital. So, yeah. Was it grippy sock jail or was it like, like the medical section of the hospital? I think it was the medical section of the hospital. Oh, okay. It was like CPAP. It was like CPAP. Yeah. yeah. And I was like yelling at the patients with like random shit and they didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And I don't remember what I was talking about. So, yeah, it was really <laughs> bad. That was really bad. <laughs> yeah it was the most horrific sto- like moment of my life I mean like one of the most <laughs> horrific I, I I literally I saw Jesus rose from uh, earth and say you guys fucked this place up peace I was like what the fuck Jesus is giving up on us that's insane so with that did you learn from that um I think I got bad I thought I got bad LSD, but um, uh, the girl said that the uh, the person I got really good LSD. <laughs> <laughs> the person I got her from said she did it and she didn't feel anything, so I was like, "What the fuck?" And then a couple of years <laughs> later, I I did it again and it turned out to be good. But then I kind of abused it, which made it bad again. So um, don't abuse it. Do it once a year at the uh, once or twice a year at the most, and. Uh, do a lot of research on it if you are going to do it so for sure what's your favorite uh, tripping out story Tom yeah um, I don't know Uh, I think more recently I had a pretty good trip uh, probably a year and a half ago um, with my girlfriend it was her first time doing it she was super anxious, super paranoid. Talked about it for a couple months. We planned it out so we had no, you know, no stressors around, right? We made sure everything was good. We had a, a free weekend. Um, and within 45 minutes, she was loving life. And she goes, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. And she's got a shit-eating grin on her face. And uh, we... I think we were with my other buddy too, who had never done acid. Um, we took a walk on the canal and enjoyed our, our, our evening. We went to the Holly Falls and hung out there and just took a nice outdoor adventure. And it was a super relaxing, cathartic experience. Then we came home um, and we stared at the ceiling for a while with different lights and candles on and watched crazy visualizations on the ceiling from shadows and light flickers and oh we take glow sticks to the fan too uh, <laughs> so we had like a vortex in the ceiling that was freaking nuts <laughs> uh, but yeah you can have all sorts of different experiences from nature and you know easy going fun to sitting and tripping balls staring at the ceiling oh yeah nice yeah I honestly do miss it but I don't think it's for me because uh, every time I do it um uh, every time I do psychedelics, uh, um, I ended up I end up going manic again, like a month or two months later down the line. So I don't think it's for me anymore. But I definitely used to love it. It was one of my favorite. Uh, LSD, acid was my one of my my favorite drugs. Uh, another drug I used to like a lot was uh, Molly. The first time I did, I, I think it was called Moon Rocks. I had the most euphoric experience ever. All the guys that were sitting next to me or sitting around me, I was like, I love you guys. I love you guys and it was like it was like um, uh, very euphoric so I definitely enjoyed Molly a lot any drawbacks on Molly? 
Uh, I don't think so. I didn't. Um, the the type, the one that I got back in the day, uh, called Moon Rocks. That was like um, really euphoric and like um, you just sink in your seat and everything, and you f- feel really happy and everything. I got it like a couple months ago. No, maybe maybe about a year ago, and it didn't feel the same. So I don't know which. I I think the one that I got was called Moon Rocks. So. Well, that actually, you know, it's kind of interesting too. That's the one drawback too of manufactured drugs is you never know. I mean, you could be told it's the exact same thing. It could have completely different compositions or other ingredients or other drugs in it. There's no standardization, so you can't keep the same expectation every time. Which is one reason I kind of like shrooms is it's natural. I mean, obviously the psilocybin difference in each shroom can be a bit off, but it's the same thing. Same thing with weed, right? I mean, well, there's so many freaking strains of weed now. I guess I can't even say that. You can smoke the flag and barely get high, and you can smoke a hit of some, you know, super dank Kush, and you know, have your head spinning. So, even weed nowadays, with being natural, is a is a gamble unless you really know what strains and what you're smoking. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, my friends, we are at uh, an hour and one minute. Do you guys want to go f- go for a little longer, or is it you want to call it quits here? We hit all our main points. Do we have anything else on the itinerary? Julie wants to dive deep into some of her uh, manic episodes. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the stories you've shared with me, so I hope one day you will share them with others and bless them with that joy. <laughs> I, I have shared one of them, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it in the next one for sure. <laughs> okay. All right, folks, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening to Pardon Your Spartans. Um, uh, stay tuned. We'll have another episode next week. Um, do you want to call us off, Tom? Yeah, thanks for uh, joining. Remember, you were talking with your honored guest, Tom. <laughs> Happy to be here like always, and uh, everyone have a great night. Julie, do you want to say the last words? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have a wonderful evening. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, take care. <laughs>